Listening to the coffee hour with Sarah and Andy. <laughs> it's Friday of Lutheran Schools Week. We've been talking with kids from different schools around the St. Louis area. Absolutely. We're going to catch up. Uh, yesterday, we had a chance to catch up with Metro East Lutheran High School. We'll share their story with you on Monday, I believe. Yeah. And uh, we weren't able to squeeze it in today, but we'll share it on Monday. And we have more students we're catching up with today. St. Paul's Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. They're making their way into the building right now to yeah. prepare for chapel. They'll be uh, sharing some music with us in chapel here today. So catch that at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So you can actually today. hear... Uh, live chapel services, which is so exciting here on KFUO. So you can hear uh, music from St. Paul's Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. Speaking of education, what do you have for us today? So today we get to talk about uh, kids. <laughs> I love talking about kids. <laughs> and classical education and uh, how parents can help um, help their kids mature and, and grow into adults in a way that's productive and, and successful. So we have Heather Smith, who is a classical education advocate, joining us today to talk about that stuff. Thanks for uh, joining us, Heather. Glad to be here. I love talking with you about classical education, one, because you're so passionate about it. <laughs> I am. And, and, also, no and also experience, too. You, you were a teacher for... How many years in you were uh, in Wyoming? Total of twelve years. Wow. wow. Yeah. I love talking with you about classical education. Okay, so we only have so many minutes to pack in, <laughs> but I want to talk for like two hours about classical education. Uh, our children. Um, one of the questions we talked about beforehand: Are children full human beings or some subspecies of the human race? Why? Why throw this one out there? This was one of the topics <laughs> you, you threw our way, and I think I, I have an idea. Is, because our, our culture, our world, uh, sometimes views and treats children as a subspecies, don't they? Yes. And that's something that's gone back all the way to the Enlightenment, um, you know, with Rousseau back, you know, several centuries ago. The people started thinking of children as these almost alien creatures, you know, this, this magical time of innocence that, um, that we don't want to mess up and we can't quite understand, so we'll just let them do whatever they want to do. I don't think that's a very scriptural idea. I think it's so important for us to realize from conception, this is a human being. And so just like we interact with adults, we, we want this little human being to mature and mm-hmm. grow into an adult human being who is loving God and serving the neighbor. Just because they're not fully mature or fully developed doesn't mean they're any less human. Yes. I think we can quote Dr. Seuss on that, too. Probably. (laughs) Indeed. A person's a person, no matter matter how small. (laughs) See, we've all read it. Yes. (laughs) So what what does this result in, then, for us as a culture? What do we end up doing, then? How do we end up treating children because of this worldview when it comes to, um, or this misunderstanding of, of children and who they are? Yeah, you know, I see it in so many ways. It's it's obvious in some of the, the entertainment, you know, children's television shows and and the books that are published for children, they're just they're they're trying to only give children things that are at their level where they are right now, not giving them something that is that they can grow into. And you know, it's just even 
you know, every restaurant you go to has chicken fingers on the menu because we assume children only like certain things. They can't handle other things. But I think where it really gets to me is that this this seeps into education and, and discipline of children all together so that everything has to be child-centered, which is not altogether bad, but, but it assumes that the child is capable of, you know, uh, of having good taste, which is not really the case. Um, so we, we, you know, drop everything for our whining toddlers and uh, ignore our adult uh, companions. You know, we, we roll our eyes at the teenagers. Oh, well, that's just what they do, rather than thinking, hey, I could help this child mature into the person I want him or her to be as an adult. Sure. And we, we see that all the time with <clears throat> with parents dealing with, with kids or teachers dealing with kids. Um, and, and so much of that uh, revolves around wanting those kids to be happy. But um, yeah. but is happiness really, really the main goal of, of all of this uh, building children up? No. And if we teach children that happiness is the main goal by giving them what they want or things that they like, I mean, that, that ends up for us with adults who think happiness is the main goal. And, the, you know, hedonism is not the way to go. This is not, it's not a Christian way to, to look at things. Um, you know, that happiness is not our highest priority. Our highest priority is, is to fear, love, and trust in God and to love and serve our neighbor. And that is what we should be teaching our children um, the way that we should be doing everything in, in school, in home, um, really leading them in that way. So let's uh, give us some examples of how we can do that, how we can uh, teach and give them the good things that aren't necessarily focused on happiness, but aim toward them growing into mature human beings and, and, and those who, who seek to serve their neighbor. Sure. And I, I think it's always best to start with the family. That's that's your closest neighbors. You're born to that family, and they're your neighbors for the rest of your life, like it or not. Um, and we know that, you know, theologically, we know we're all born sinful. We're selfish. And so we have to, to teach children how not to be focused on themselves or to think that their needs come first, but to see themselves as part of a family and part of a church and part of a larger community uh, and how they fit in there. I, I think that one key thing to start with is that, you know, love for our neighbor flows from honoring our parents. And so you can, you, you, you start, you know, with toddlers. I, I was so impressed when I saw a friend of mine um, with her, you know, two-year-old and who just was very calm and patient and would just say, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't give you an answer when you ask in a whining voice. Can you ask in a nice voice? And a two-year-old can, can understand this is not the behavior I should have, even though it comes naturally to a two-year-old. So, you know, there are things we can do to train them all along. And I think we, we, we don't want to just let children choose whatever they like. They, they don't know what is good. So, so we'll help choose for them and, and certainly start with the faith. Um, you know, scripture should just be if memorized if possible, but certainly read it daily. Um, you know, good hymns and liturgy, feed those things to our children. And hey, it may be over their heads a little bit. It's okay because we've got the family of, you know, parents 
other siblings, teachers, we're swimming alongside the children. We're not going to let them drown in these things. They'll, they'll learn their way through it, um, and they'll, they'll enjoy these things so much more when they have room to grow into them um, rather than just being given the things that seem good or that they, they like at the time. Would you say there's a difference between catering to, a, uh, to children and having empathy? I mean, we can all relate to yes. what it's like to be a child and having empathy for them in that moment uh, versus catering to them and aiming toward uh, their quote-unquote happiness. Right. And so, absolutely, we do have empathy for them. We don't give them, you know, tasks that are far too hard for them or expect them only, you know, like, you, you should, you know, love Dostoevsky because it's good when you're five years old. No, no, no. And we have just um, about one minute left, just to, to okay. we have just about a minute. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we we understand how much they, they can do, and we help them, you know, reach for the next step. Sometimes we push them a little bit. Sometimes we help support them from behind. Um, but we're always helping them strive towards maturing to be Christian men and women that we want them to be as adults. Mm. And it all comes back to bringing children to Christ. Yeah. It does. Giving them the gifts and bringing them to the Word and and the sacraments so that they can uh, receive those gifts. Those uh, Classical education, all about that which is good and true and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Heather, thanks so much for, uh, for sharing with us this morning the encouragement for uh, uh, helping children mature successfully. My pleasure. Coming up in just a little bit. Long Gospel here on Worldwide KFU with Coffee Hour. Always fun Friday. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks, Andy. (laughs) Have a good weekend, everybody. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. The listener-supported broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit kfuo.org or text KFUO to 41444. KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.